Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. And do you want to accept this calling? Yes, I want to accept, but is it a path of destiny or of arrogance? Am I being tempted for a fool? Perhaps the threads my gods have woven. Perhaps they make a net to snare me. And when I failed the first time, that was the sign that I ignored. When Father Bioka was taken. It was a sign that Bioka believed in your mission. But perhaps you were not ready. I felt as ready then as I feel now. What if I fail again? And what if you don't? What if you do? If you died in the doing of it, what would happen? All reputation lost, all bloodline left to roam without protection. The shame would be heavy in Valhalla. But there is no shame in heaven. That is the beauty of it. So my advice would be, believe my God is on your side and that you do not walk alone. There is no God. Mm. Only the gods. Thank you for your kindness. You could be right. Maybe they are on my side. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to The Last Kingdom with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to the show, The Last Kingdom, on Netflix. So sit back, grab an ale, and let's see how England was born. My name is Blake, and oh boy, oh boy, there's nothing like a good deep breath before everything hits the fan. Agreed. This is one of those episodes where you get a chance to, you know, again, as we've spoken about many times on the, on Mary and Blake Media History, when you have a chance to have a reconciliation in many in many instances and have these final talks that come about when you're in the middle of your story and you wonder, okay, who's going to die, who's not going to die, and what's going to happen, and yeah, this this is one of those times, and, and you, hear, you hear that specifically with Uhtred, uh, and in in his conversation with, with Father Pure Lake, which once again, might be one of my favorite scenes The Last Kingdom has ever put out. Oh, love it. Love might it, love be, it. it's close. Father Pure Lake just brings it. Even stabbed, he yeah. brings it. My St- goodness gracious. Still kicking. I thought that he might have been croaked. <laughs> Little did you know. Little did I know. That Father Pierlick is trying his darndest to be the newest cockroach. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> so friends, of course, Blake and I are podcasting about all sorts of things. Um, we are starting up the Rings of Power podcast later this week. So if you are a fan of Lord of the Rings, you're going to want to make sure to check that out. And the easiest way to check it out is to make sure you're following us on Instagram, Facebook, and 
or YouTube. Just search Mary and Blake. You can also head to maryandblake.com where all of our newest episodes will be loaded as well. But as I said, if you are a fan of the Lord of the Rings, you're going to want to make sure that you're following us there. Oh, don't, don't forget about uh, House of the Dragon, too. That's a big one. Oh, my gosh. Big deal. Yeah, tell them. Big deal. You know that that's obviously a massive hit show for HBO. That is the prequel in in sorts to uh, Game of Thrones. So Mary and I are doing that. It's just called House of the Dragon with Mary and Blake. So you know, I know, very original, super original. We used to get like really creative with our names, but then it was hard to search for. It was hard to search for, and like it was kind of a it was a pita. I don't want to have a pita. I don't want pitas either. And for those of you who don't know. Pain in the ass. I mean, pitas are good. I like pita. Oh, I love pitas. But, but not, not that kind of pita. Not that kind of pita. <laughs> exactly. All right, friends. And thanks again to our friends at jointhenerdclan.com. You have made this possible. All right, let's get into the show. little bit about this episode because probably you binged it yes and by now you've probably forgotten it you may have (laughs) and i'm gonna remind you because a lot of cool stuff happened so in the beginning of this episode utrid burns the body of brita he says farewell stiora says dad you suck at being a dad peace out cub scout utrid wants to go back to rumkova remember that cool place where everyone just like partied and had festivals Mm -hmm. but then everyone got killed at a church and it kind of like traumatized everyone yeah nobody else wants to go back utrid not your daughter (laughs) not your son not finnick finnan not a rat-faced guy What's his name? Because it's an S. Citric. Boy, I, I called, do you like that lo- I called it Finnick? Yeah, I know. That's their ship. Boy their who ship. looks like a rat. Um, none of them want to go back. Uhtred still really wants to go back to Rem- Remkova. Whatevs, man. Deal with it. Ethelhelm is pumped because his grandson's there. He has yet another dinner thanks to Witgar. Makes fun of Witgar's food. Witgar says, these people suck and I can't wait for them to die because mm-hmm. I'm not going to follow him. Father Benedict comes back, says, I'm sorry, uh, but they're at Bebenbach. And now everyone wants to go to Bevenberg and everyone gets in trouble with Edward and he has his knights put their swords on him just like they did with the Elderman, except it cuts to black. Do they die? Does he slay his own mom? I don't know. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay, Mary, episode 508. We are one short episode away from the penultimate and two short episodes away from the series finale. I can't believe it. I feel like we just started this podcast like like two weeks ago. Babe. <laughs> I believe it. So uh, we've done five I seasons. actually know most of the people's names at this point. I yeah, believe it. Five, we've done five seasons, essentially, of The Last Kingdom in about a year and a half. Can yeah. you believe that? I do. That is wild when you think about that. Yep. So anyway... This was episode 508, like I said, and it was directed by Anthony Philipson. You should know that name because that was the director for the last episode, and the writer was Martha Hillier. As you all nerds know, she is the showrunner of uh, The Last Kingdom at this moment, and she has written a ton of episodes of The Last Kingdom. So go ahead, go on imdb.com and do that on your own time. Because okay. if I if I said it here, we'd be here for a freaking hour. That's okay. I won't do it. <laughs> that is that, Marvin. Your shields rating. How many shields are you given this episode? Yeah, I really like this episode. I think okay. I'm gonna give it um like a four point eight five. Okay. All right. I'm gonna say that it was a step 
small step back here a little bit. Okay. Um, I mean, not from the previous episode, but you know, just in general. You know what? Change it. I'm four point nine. Wow. Okay. You're you're bringing I mean, I, the heat. I went up a point zero five. So yeah, I know. Really but okay. still, listen these these tenths of a point. They matter. They matter. It's a big deal. I got so I like got some Scottish time with like fancy fur. Oh yeah, man. I'm I'm here for I'm it. I'm going four seven. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because. I I enjoyed this episode. I feel like it was a step up from last episode, but a step back for the season uh, in the momentum that it was going in. Interesting. Um, and but what say? Well, you know, we'll talk about it yeah. later. We got some good stuff coming up here. So your GBG, what do you got for your good, your bad, and the great? My good goes to my man Finnan. You thought I wasn't going to love on him too much this season? Well, don't you worry because you know what he does. He is a voice of reason. You know, I'm going to follow you anywhere you go, my lord. But we don't want to go to Rumkova. Yeah. Okay? Too many it's, bad things. It's like, we don't really want to go back to college. It was fun. We did what we did. We made some memories. Yeah. But we don't need to go back. Mm-hmm. We don't need to go back. Our honeys are in Wessex. I just love them. I love that little sweet talk saying, we'll follow you wherever you go. If you need me. If you need me. Whatever. <laughs> it's like Gilmore Girls. But Finnan, my bad is the scene where Edward is mad about his son and he's talking to his new wife and he's like, oh, I just can't believe it. I was betrayed by my own shitty son. <laughs> I am crabby. And I said to Blake, I said, um, is this guy just like not a good actor or is Edward supposed to be this flat and boring? And Blake said, I don't know. And in this particular scene, I felt like the actor portraying Edward was pretty much the equivalent of a soap opera mm. king being disappointed that his son left him and betrayed him. Yes. That's that's what I got. So I just I was really pulled out in that scene of of where I was supposed to be. And then my great was all the horses. Wild horses can't take me away. Well, they took Stiora away when she ran off with her her Dane friends. Oh yeah. And she's on her like furry horse queen saddle and she just says peace out cub scout to her dad. Mhm. And it's oh, a really cool Oh, she doesn't say cool peace shot. out. She just says... She says you sucked as a dad. Yeah. You, you sucked you then. You suck now. Go get your shine box. I, you're no, you don't even have a home. <laughs> Sorry, continue. You're a clown. Sorry, continue with dad, that amazing shot. You're not going to get a card this year. No. No Father's no, Day barbecue. No uh, No Yule card. No. No. No Yule card. And I just <laughs> loved the shot of him standing there as all of the Danes on horseback run right by him oh yeah and he doesn't flinch i would have been so nervous with my hands over my head saying oh my god don't trample me (laughs) (laughs) don't do it don't do it don't do it yeah i just thought it was a really really cool shot of seeing that him be left literally in the dust yes like it love it Ooh, good one good pull mary good pull what literally being left left in the dust i like it thank you that's good stuff i thanks you're welcome. <laughs> All right, my good is uh, I love, love, love the scene between Ethelhelm and Elfwin when he she says to him, "I would rather Jump throw on, a, yeah. throw myself in the walls than marry that man." The guy's like, "Go ahead and do it, will you? It'll be one less thing for me to take care one of. One less mouth to feed with his crappy food." Oh my goodness! And the guy's like, "Yeah, don't make promises you can't keep." Mm-hmm. I love this. I love that because he's straight up calling her bluff. He oh, yeah. hates her. Yeah, and and he's like, "You're just a you are a pita. Mm-hmm. You're a pita, not even a good pita." 
yep. a bad PETA. And you're not, you aren't even worth anything. You're, I love when she like is like, cousin, you wear, wear blood. And he complains, my family doesn't love me. She's done nothing wrong to him. Right. Grandma did nothing wrong to you. Why are you complaining about your whole family? Yep. So I just love the fact that Ethelhelm calls Elfwin out for all of her crap. Mm-hmm. That, you know, Aldhelm kind of did that in season, at, at the she earlier part of the season. She did not read Outlander because he was basically saying, to save you, I'm going to hook you, you up yeah. with not only a Scottish person, yeah. but a king. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie, that king's hot. He's kind of attractive. We saw him. With the, with the accent and the furs. and I've seen him without fur even in last episode. Oh, okay, yeah. Remember when yeah. he had the two honeys? Yeah, sure. You know, if That's you right. got if you got to marry a Scot and it's not Jamie Fraser. He seems like a fairly. You can take King Constantine. He's a fairly representative alternative. I'm, I'm down. I mean, seriously. Now, if Uncle Phil said that. What? Like, listen, girl, I'm hooking you up. Yeah. I could be I could be making you marry this like weird kid over here who wit guy. <laughs> with the with the no flyaways. The bad Aladdin with the scar on his face. I mean he's got nice hair. No, not his not oh, his yeah. grandson. Well, no. well Whitgar has nice hair too. They they go mm. remember they go to the same uh, the same Baba as the, I know, just not as good like keratin treatment. And that's or the VO five oil yes. auto oil. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. I forget no, where that, we're even. That's on. okay. That's what we got. And uh, I actually had a tie for my good. It was also when Aleswith, as much as I made fun of her for saying that she was like Michael the Archangel uh, in the last episode, yes. when she goes and talks to Edward about how she killed a man with her bare hands. No, she says it to Egg Girl, pregnant girl. Oh, that's right. Ego with. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Egg with. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. His, his his new hussy. Yeah, sure. As the new she the new queen. Yes. The new queen. Yeah, that harlot. Uh, that was a good scene too, by the way. So good. Um, when she well, yeah, when she says it, um, when she says it to the new queen. I killed this guy with my bare hands. And she's like, no, you, you, you were holding it. But did you hear what the new queen said? What? So, so Aylesworth is saying, oh, you know, it's been a long journey. My knees are sore. And the new queen starts to say, yes, you're old. Oh, yeah. Or someone at your age. Yes. Yeah. And Aylesworth is like, because I slayed a man with my bare hands. Yes, right. <laughs> but then she follows it up with, well, I was not wearing gloves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Great bit of writing. Yes. And a, 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 a good sense of humor mm-hmm. from Aylesworth, who mm-hmm. has certainly lacked an, uh, a sense of humor in this in this show. Agreed. And uh, it's good to see that we're able to have those little light moments. Uh, my bad. The end of the episode, it just embraces the the cheese a little too much for my for my liking what part the cut to black or slight nod okay knights turn on everyone including my mom um all, and my kind, son. kind of all of it. it it was just it was very i thought what was cheesy is when they actively stood behind utrid well that's yeah and i was that, ready for a dance right it felt like it felt like west side story yes. a little bit you know you felt They're like the jets yeah I was getting West Side Story vibes Mm -hmm. and they all kind of get up and it's supposed to be like this kind of heroic moment. And all I wanted to do was just kind of yawn and be like, roll my eyes and say, what are we doing Mm -hmm. here? Like, I like the, I like the sentiment. I like what, I I like the thing that happened, but are they all going to get up and, you know, get behind Nutrient and, and, you know, do the whole thing and then the cut to black and 
I well, will... you could just stay where you were. Right. You're already vocalizing, I'm going to be on Uhtred's side. Right. You're in a small, thin room. You don't have to go stand behind him. Right. And so it was very, if you want to say this, it was very theatrical. It mm-hmm. didn't feel organic. And that's... They had to do it so it was easy for the knights to right. surround them with the blade. And that's the thing, right? With a show, if a show was theatric and it was, you know, purposely like that, then mm-hmm. it makes sense for that kind of scene to happen. But this show is not that. No. Uh, this show has been very grounded, I, I would say, for the most part. I think they could have kept everyone where they were originally standing and had the knights draw their swords on Uhtred alone. Right. And that would have served the same point. Right. And so I guess what I'm, I'm trying to say is it felt forced. It felt yes. like we were trying to make a moment mm-hmm. instead of letting the moment happen. Agreed. Uh, and so that's why it's my bad. But the great, and this is the exact opposite of that. And that <laughs> is the scene between Father Pierleg and Uhtred. Um that is, it reminded me of the scene in The Godfather Part One, where, because it, <laughs> it always go back, it goes back <laughs> to The Godfather, always. It reminded me of the scene in The Godfather Part One, where um, Michael's talking to his dad, and his dad's saying, Michael, you know, you got to pay attention to this and you got to pay attention to that. And Michael's saying, listen, I got it, dad. It's okay. It's just these two people talking about um, fate and their business and their jobs and their 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 family and their responsibilities and passing it on. And, and it just felt so reminiscent of that. I mean, it's not an apples to apples conversation, yeah. but it's in these moments where in these conversations, you get a chance to understand who they are and their purpose and what the direction that they're heading. And what? I just like that you said direction because father pure leg always finds his way. Always home. finds his way. That GPS man, <sighs> father pure leg GPS. It's got like a kid watch GPS. <laughs> Send me back to mama. Um, you know, in, in these kinds of scenes, these are magical scenes and they feel like anything can happen. They feel like any words can be said and it would feel organic and part of what these characters actually would say as opposed to getting up to create a visual dynamic. Mm-hmm. And that conversation could have been very cheesy. It could have been very boring but the way that it was shot and the way that it was framed and blocked and it constantly moved and Father Pierlick was getting up and getting down and Uhtred was turning around, looking out, it, you know, it was all evocative of a, a play, to be honest. And I love when shows are able to do that because it shows because it, it is indicative of confidence mm. in what they're writing and in letting the actors simply act. Yeah, and just giving them good stuff and say, "Go," and that's why I say it's the exact opposite of what the final shot was, and that's why it's my great. I love that. So that is that, Marvin. We went through the GBG. We got the good. We got the we got the bad, and we got the greats. Mm-hmm. What else stands out to you in this episode where you're like, you know, I want to start here. I want to I want to start at this point of the of the episode. I mean. Here's the scoop. Like, a lot of things happen. We see a lot of people, but it's nothing new that we didn't know. What do you mean? 
we already knew uh, Uncle Phil was in Bevenberg. Mm-hmm. We already knew that he was planning on capturing the princess yes. and marrying her off to King Constantine. Okay, nothing new in that plot. We already know that um, Edward is married and has a new baby along the way, and that's causing drama, and that he's probably not going to be happy that his son left. Fact. Mm -hmm. So I just, there's not a lot of things that were new that happened. It's just everything got lined up. Yeah, and that's, I think, what we were saying about how this is a, a continued venture into the big deep breath before mm-hmm. everything goes to hell, right? Everything yeah. hits the fan. And, you know, there. I think there's a place in time for episodes like these. Uh, what I think, where I think this season suffers a little bit is the fact that we've had these two episodes prior to this, the one with that dealt with singular things, really. It was Sig Trigger's death and then Brita's death. Yes, and those two had to happen, maybe not in succession, but they had to happen in order for the, to, to plow the road for the stuff with Ethelhelm mm-hmm. to actually take precedent, right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't necessarily want to mix up Brita in all of the stuff that's about to come. And you had to get rid of Sig, Sig Trigger because you needed this emotional pull. You need room for the new hot guy who's King Constantine. That's, that's true. You need you need you need room for the emotional pull that is being shared between um um Stiora and and Uhtred, right? Yes. So I what I will say is I like that this episode starts off with Stiora saying there's no such thing as destiny. You're full of crap. Yep. What you did was your choice and you made everybody around you suffer. And I ain't going to do that anymore. Yet at the end of the episode, we're led... To, right back to Bevenberg. We're led to a path. And one where Uhtred is kind of following destiny. Where things mm-hmm. happen around him. It, you know, it just so happens that, you know, Benedict comes back to um, Efferwich at that right time. And it just so happens that he happens to have that conversation with Aldhelm. And it just so happens that Uhtred is there to hear that conversation in passing. Oh, hey, where where is Ethelhelm, by the way? Oh, yeah, he's he's in the up north in Northumbria, called town called Bavenbury. I don't know. You know God like, bless you. Uh, yeah, right? Um, so what, is, what do you think the show is saying about destiny? And what do you think the show believes about destiny? That it is a thing or that they're taking Steora's side? That it side? is a thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's great. Uh, last night I had a bout of insomnia. It's still happening. I thought I could go off my insomnia medication. Oops. Sorry, long COVID. You're still here. <laughs> but one of the TikToks that kept me company was a manifestation one. Oh, okay. And it talked about how oftentimes when you're manifesting something new, a mm-hmm. new job, new friends, maybe a new castle in Bebenberg, you have to <laughs> lose other things to make room in your heart and in your life for the new stuff. Okay. So you go through a lot of heartache and you go through a lot of difficulties and that's not that destiny has given up on you, but that's actually the turning point in which you are now open and free and have no more ties so that you can be ready. Mm-hmm. And so here we are in this destiny. Is it, is it a real thing? Is it not? And think about how Uhtred needed to be released from Brita. 
to move forward. Sure. And to really focus on hopefully, <laughs> hopefully getting it and being back with his family. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just, I was happy with that, that TikTok played as I was about to talk about this episode because I, I think we are being led to believe that destiny does happen and just not in the timeline that we expect. So there's something that happens too in this episode where, you know, they have the conversation between Father Pierleg and Uhtred. And, you know, that conversation centers around Father Pierleg's God versus Uhtred's gods and what do the gods I, any of them want mm-hmm. for Uhtred and are they playing a game? Is he being led to fail? Um, and if he does fail, will he have great shame? And, you know, and, and Father Pierleg is trying to say, no matter what, my God is going to take care of you. And it's time for you to maybe consider that. And we are once again brought back for Uhtred to believing where does he fit? Mm-hmm. Right? And does he fit as a Saxon? Like even Edward says, okay, finally, now you're a Saxon. Yeah. After, you know, Uhtred Now says, that it's convenient yeah, for you. Now you're a Saxon. <laughs> um, and you know, it's so great that the show is able to organically bring back Uhtred to this very question. Mm-hmm. Because as I said last episode, he, he, is, he is, you know, swung back and forth many different times. And here we are back in the middle again. And the idea that destiny and perhaps the gods or God is providing him an opportunity to take Bebenberg, he has to decide what he's going to do and what that means for himself and his family. My question to you, Mary, is, is the show, and this is kind of a loaded question because I I have an answer, but I, I, I want to hear your answer first. Is the show trying to tell us, the viewer, that it is um, Father Pureleg's side, or is the show trying to tell you that it is Uhtred's side? See, I don't think Father Pureleg has a side. I think Father Pureleg is saying, listen, man, potato, potato. Mm-hmm. I think it's God. You think it's God's maybe, though it's just one giant God. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think that we're being told it's either. And I think that that's been the cool journey that we've been able to go on with Uhtred. Sure. I would agree with you that the show has taken a very agnostic kind of yeah. view mm-hmm. on both sides. But there's something that happens in this episode where, if you recall, Elfwin is at dinner with Witgar and Elfweird and Ethelhelm. And it was after Ethelhelm says, fine, go, jump off the freaking roof, will you? Like, it'll be one less thing for me to worry about. Mm-hmm. There's a shot of Elfwin at the table, and it, it pulls back, and it resembles the same look of The Last Supper. Oh, weird. And she is in the middle of the table, but she's all alone. There's nobody else that's around her because they've all left, except at the end of the table, it's Ethelhelm. And he's sitting back and drinking or whatever. So I'm not going to pretend to say that I understand the the symbolism here, but mm-hmm. I do think that the show is kind of tipping its hand a tad in saying, well, we're using this iconography to describe what's happening in Bebenberg. 
and where we're putting Elfwin in the middle where you know Jesus would be. Mm-hmm. You know, is she going to have to be? You know, if she gonna, is she going to have to sacrifice to say sacrifice herself to save the whole, you know, the whole gamut? Is she going to live or is she going to die? And <clears throat> and if they if they are manipulating the the visual storytelling with this iconography. Is that saying that the show is kind of leaning towards a Christian view, or like it's there's it's more the Christians work, or right it's now. the work of God in Uhtred's life? There's more Christians in the show. There's more Saxons than Danes. Okay, the Danes have been eradicated for the most part. Yep. So, are we hearing more of a Christian narrative, a Saxon narrative? Yeah, because those are the alive people who are still able to talk. <laughs> I, I I love that Bebenberg is pulling Uhtred. You know, they've they've always found creative ways to make Uhtred want Bebenberg, but not be able to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've we even had that moment in season four where he like he was there and it failed, and Bianca dies. But this feels more final, and yes, maybe because it's the series finale coming up soon, but it feels right, and it feels organic. It feels like that all of this is built up to this. Uh, and, you know, there is that suggestion between Uhtred and Father Pierleg that, you know, maybe it is. Maybe maybe God does have a sense of humor. Like when Pierleg is, is laughing, and he's like, oh, man, that is, uh, that is a work of fate right, right? there. Um, do you do you buy all the things that have happened, which have has led up to this point to get us to where Uhtred is getting up to Bettenberg? Yes. Yeah, I think I do too. I think I do. Too. I think it's fair. I'm ready. I'm I'm very very ready. I'm ready to have us be back in Bettenberg. I. Loved hearing the seagulls when you there was that shot that kind of like showed the ocean and the giant cliff wall up through. And I thought the seagulls were outside our window. For those of you (laughs) who don't know, we live in Rhode Island, which is the ocean state. So we're always near like the ocean. And I was thinking to myself, like, gosh, the seagulls are really loud today. Yeah. (laughs) No, that was the show. No, that's the show. But I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to be back there. It does remind me a lot of... um, the Game of Thrones, the uh, with the people on the wall. What do you mean? It reminds me of the same like structure and colors and darkness. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. I. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I. I. I, I hear you. I got gotcha. you. Cool. Um. Actually, I was thinking it felt more like Dragonstone. Okay. Um. But so we're gonna get we're gonna go full Game of Thrones okay. nerdy here. here so I, I apologize, yeah. everybody. But I, I'm pretty sure that if you like The Last Kingdom, you're, you're gonna like the Game of Thrones. So I get you. I get. I understand that you're probably gonna understand the references yeah. that we're making here. Um. Ethelhelm continues. Uncle Phil continues to be hashtag the worst. Uh. Bl- blaming. No. What? Okay. Here's a fun thing. Rewatch this episode. But picture Ethelhelm, Ethelhelm, being a good guy. Yeah, no, because I agree. I, aside from the fact that he's bananas, right? In this episode, what he says to the princess is true. Sure, your uncle just killed all the eldermen of your mom's country, mm-hmm. which she had said you were supposed to be queen of. And he took the seat. He didn't let you have it killed all the other top people, what's to make you think he wouldn't do that to you or endanger you? Mm -hmm. I have found 
not just a hot Scot, but the king <laughs> of Scots, you will be safe. I'm not going to have you marry my my grandson because that's gross and bad things happen. So at least he's not going there. Sure, sure. But you you listen to this one and you hear him talking to his grandson um, with that giant map. Does he bring that map with him? Everywhere he or goes. was that in Bemberg? What's going on Is with the- Is it Father Pure League's map? That's the thing. Oh, seriously, that guy. <laughs> he must fold it up really, really small. Um, you know, he's showing him everything. <laughs> Sorry, just, you know what? That's what she said. <laughs> and he's showing him and explaining it to him. And he says, you know, grandfather, I hope that I'm worthy of this. And he says, you will be. Mm-hmm. You will be because it's in your blood. And he pretty much says, this is your destiny. Right. So it's just neat to kind of have these two routes who both think that they're right. Right. No, interesting. Um, you're, you're right, Mary. What Ethelhelm says does uh, if you want to evoke uh, Star Wars here, you know, from a certain point of view, mm-hmm. he's right. Yeah. And I think also in that same breath, from a certain point of view, Edward is right. Like what he I mean, has, they both suck. Yeah, but what Edward is saying about you know the the England as it is. Listen, I'll have three of the four kingdoms, and you know, Iagfu is right. Like, this is going to be a thing, and maybe my son will get the fourth kingdom, and we're going to split Northumbria. And you know, yeah, oh yeah, it was my father's vision. Well, yeah, visions are nothing but dreams. And even Uhtred kind of, and this was a kind of a weird one where Uhtred says, "I think you're just afraid of war and all that other stuff." I loved that, but I think that was kind of a little lame like it was a last ditch effort because you're just saying you're afraid like i i think that's i think I that's like cheap him saying you're afraid but edward has the right response and that is of course i'm afraid what are you nuts yeah a fool would a, only a fool wouldn't be afraid and i am no fool mm-hmm. right and like how can you blame him for that yeah how can you blame him for wanting to take care of all of his people he is the king of all of his people not just one man and while he owes that man a debt he cannot sacrifice everybody else just for him yeah and okay okay great Uhtred let's say we go we go do this and we get it all done you're gonna rule Northumbria and you're gonna rule Bevenberg and you're gonna protect us from the Scots awesome sounds great what happens when you die who's gonna do that then and now I'm back in the same freaking boat and that's what Uhtred could say, I'll just have another son. Technically, he does. I mean, he does. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just, it's 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 an interesting so- thing. Sorry, Edward. I can't just have, like, baby sons left and right like you do with all sorts of people. <laughs> so, uh, so that is that. Um, anything else? Oh, Ethelhelm just totally bodying Whitgar in his own house. And even Whitgar is like, yeah, these people suck. Don't they, right? You know, it, and he's he's like, yeah, okay, guys, sure, like whatever. Why don't you why don't you go get me a cup of, give me a cup of coffee, will you? Why does his why does uh, Whitgar's number one man look like um, 
Karkroff from Harry Potter. Oh, he does. That's right. Great pull. You're a wizard. Is it the same guy? No, it's not. If the same not, guy. they're cousins. They are certainly related. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else that you want to talk about for this episode, my love? No, that's it. I'm All excited. Right. Yeah, we know this is a, a fairly quick episode. Uh, I agree. But you know what? The, what it comes down to, ladies and gents, is this is the big breath in. This is where we we take a moment for ourselves and we take a moment to watch for the show. We would say, okay, we're going to, this is going to be a thing now. And uh, the, the penultimate episode is, is going to be coming and that is going to be a big deal. So oh, here we go. The Get final two episodes of the, of the Last Kingdom. I'm, I don't think I'm ready for that. I am. I, I don't think I am. All right. Let's get it done. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. I have a song for you, Mary, that okay. I think you'll appreciate because, um, you know, why not? If you're out on the road, feeling lonely and so cold. Yeah, this is Finnan. Finnan's theme song right here. Next train, if you need me, I will follow. Sorry for your Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> this is good stuff. This is totally Finn's theme song. It truly is. He's such a, he's such a Gilmore girl at heart. So, uh, you know he watches Gilmore Girls with his, with his, little, with his wife. His wife. Of course he do. does. He, like, secretly does it. It's like basically you. When I started, yeah. and you watched a couple of episodes with me, and then I didn't know you really were watching it. <laughs> and then I continued on, and then I was maybe 10 episodes in, and you came in and you said, you've been watching Gilmore Girls with me. Oh, that's the end. Okay, fair enough. Well, <laughs> that's the end of our <laughs> the theme song. Sorry. Well, she left us. <laughs> she <laughs> she did not follow. That was a little quicker than I expected. My name's Mary. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Blake. Destiny is all. <laughs>